Shohei Otani makes baseball fun to watch again. Last night he got a hit, he pitched, and he even made sure that the pieces from a broken bat were picked up. What a guy. And also, we're going to talk about Artie Moreno and ask the question, are you still mad? And who you got it short? Will Fletch live or will Velasquez take over? We'll tell you what the Angels should do. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Angels is brought to you by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Angel listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. Hello and welcome to Locked On Angels. My name is Mike Frisch, and usually I'm alongside my brother John Frisch, but today he's feeling a bit under the weather, so he has given me complete control of the podcast. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It might be a dangerous thing or a chaotic thing, but it is a thing, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to talk about an incredible Angels game last night. They beat the Astros 6-0, and they won the series. What an incredible pitching performance by Shohei Otani last night. Last night. Now, let me give you some stats before we get into the stats from last night. Shohei hasn't beaten the Astros in his career. He has an ERA over five against them. He's got no wins this season, and Otani has never lost more than two games in a row in his entire career, including his time in Japan. So what happens last night? He gets spotted a six-run lead before he even takes the mound. Otani had three at-bats before the entire Astros lineup had one at-bat, and he's the first pitcher to have two at-bats before ever throwing a pitch in baseball history, according to BaseballReference.com. Man, we looked incredible last night, and we set Shohei up to win, and when he's got a lead it feels like he is so confident and he can throw all of his pitches and throw them where he wants them and we saw this last night especially with that splitter he had six strikeouts in a row at one point he was perfect through five and a third and I got a text message from multiple people including my brother and my nephew and I think that that's why he didn't get a perfect game because they jinxed it because remember you can't talk about a perfect game or a no hit You're not supposed to talk about it. And so they broke that baseball rule. So it's their fault. All right. So John, it's your fault. My nephew, Tyler, it's your fault. But hey, Shohei had an incredible pitching performance. Six innings pitched, one hit, one walk, and he struck out 12. That tied his career high. The last time he struck out 12 was in 2018 against the Oakland A's. And so what an incredible, incredible game for Shohei Otani. He even had a bunt for a base hit because they were shifting on him. And by the way, how come more left-handed batters don't do that? Like they should bunt down that third baseline, like drop the ego. Don't try to get a a home run or don't try to hit a double, like drop that ball down that third baseline. If they're going to shift on you, you should learn how to bunt because you're going to get on base. I think that's a brilliant move. And Shohei proved last night how brilliant he actually is. Offensively, the Angels had another strong performance and it really felt like, and maybe you felt this too, 
it really felt like the Astros were on their back. They were like turtles on their back and they didn't know what to do next. You felt the momentum change in that game after the sixth run first inning. And when you give up six runs, you're really having to fight to come back. And you can see the Angels were actually really relaxed and they played within themselves. They played within their strengths. For the Astros, man, they were pressing. And we we talked about this on the episode yesterday, John and I did, that this is a switch for us because normally the Astros are the ones that are spotting their pitcher a, a strong lead and we're having to catch up. We always seem to be pressing But man, the last two games, especially last night, the script was flipped and the Angels looked like the better team. And man, I am so impressed with this team over the last series. And here's the cool part is it's not unusual to hear some of the players talk about how something special is going on in our clubhouse. And you've heard that over the last couple of nights from Bradley and Adele and even Shohei. But what you can see and maybe even feel on the field is that they actually aren't just making statements that they're supposed to make. They're actually making statements of how they actually feel. It feels like this team is gelling so well. Last night we didn't have Mike Trout, but it was probably a good thing. The offense obviously looked great, and this gives Mike an extra day off because today there is no game, and then it's strongly possible that he's back on Friday. I would say that he's going to be back in the lineup against the Orioles at home, but he wasn't really needed in the last couple of games, which was kind of nice to say, right? I mean, We all saw Trout's face when Madden intentionally walked Corey Seager in that Texas series with the bases loaded, and many people felt bad for him, and there were all sorts of memes that that were created, but last night it was great to see Trout's face with a smile on his face and that he didn't have to be in the game to make sure that the Angels actually won, and so that was actually really comforting, And, and I'll be honest with you. This was a game that I believe that the Angels needed. And I know that it's early and I don't want to be ridiculous as a fan, but I really felt like they needed this game because winning the series is the most important thing. John has talked about this on this podcast so often that a winning streak would be great. But winning the series actually means that you're going to continue to climb to 500 and be over 500. And I'm saying all of this out loud because I need to be reminded of this. Not just you as a fan, but I needed to be reminded of this. That winning the series is great. We we took two out of three from the Astros after losing three of the first four to start the season. And that was huge. And I really felt like this was a prove-it series. And, and they really proved it, man. Like, this team looks strong against this Astro team. And, and really what we needed to prove is, were we the team that lost three of four to the Astros? Or were we the team that won five of six against the Marlins and the Rangers? And here we are proving ourselves to be a, a dominant team, a strong team, a five and two road trip and eight and five overall sitting in sole possession of first place in the AL West. Man, I am stoked. I hope you feel that. You feel that energy. You feel that excitement. And I think that this weekend is going to be an opportunity for us to continue to 
climb more games over 500 and perhaps take the series. And so I'm stoked. First place Angels looking fantastic against those Astros last night. I will give it to the Astro fans. They did give Shohei Otani a standing ovation as he came off the mound once the perfect game was taken out of his hands. And I think that they gave him a standing ovation because for the Astro fans, it was probably the first time that they've seen a player perform really well without cheating. (laughs) Go Angels. We love you and we are cheering you on. Man, I'm so stoked about who they are. Again, five and two on this road trip and eight and five overall in first place in the AL West. Let's go. Coming up on Locked On Angels, we asked the question, are we still mad at Artie Moreno or are we good now because the Angels are good? But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Blue Nile. Mother's Day is coming up. Maybe you have an anniversary or a special day coming up. BlueNile.com is here for you. They are the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions and millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring the highest ethical standards are observed when resourcing and sourcing diamonds and jewelry. They have a diamond price guarantee. Check this out. You contact Blue Nile to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs, and in most cases, they can either meet it or they can beat that price. How incredible is that? And if it's not perfect, if you don't like it, no problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. For those of you that are getting ready for Mother's Day, you have a mom or you are are married, the mother of your children is in the house, you got to get them a gift, right? So this Mother's Day, give your mom or the mother of your kids something that she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Angel listeners actually get $50 off of a purchase of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive for us here at Locked On Angels for Mother's Day, so use the code Locked On to get this discount. Plus, every order is insured, it ships free, and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. You get recaps of MLB games with analysis from local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, I got a question for you. Are we still upset with Artie Moreno? Or are we good with Artie because the Angels are doing good? Can we talk about that for a moment? Last offseason, there was a lot of talk about Artie Moreno, because there were some reports that came out about him. One of the reports was that he voted against having the 2020 season. And then when they were negotiating the contract between the players and the owners, he was one that actually opposed a lot of things that really frustrated Angel fans. And we were also frustrated because it felt like he wasn't going to spend any money on pitching. We, we all felt like we needed one more pitcher and we didn't get another pitcher And we felt like maybe that was because Artie didn't want to go over the luxury tax threshold or he didn't want to give out any more resource. Just felt like he wasn't doing enough. And so Angel fans were frustrated. I was frustrated. My brother John was frustrated. And so I'm asking the question, are are we still mad with Artie because the Angels are now doing good? Are Are we okay with Artie? Like, 
Where do we stand with Artie Moreno? Let me give you an answer and what I think the answer should be. We should not be angry at Artie anymore. And here's why. Artie has proven himself to be somebody that will spend money on players. We've seen that throughout the years. Maybe it's players that we weren't super stoked about, and maybe it's not the players that we were hoping we would get, but Artie has proven to spend money on players. And we were really frustrated as Angel fans when Garrett Cole didn't sign with the Angels, but the Yankees outbid the entire world. And speaking of Garrett Cole, he's having a really difficult year. I don't know if you saw his stats recently, but he pitched only one and a third or one and two thirds innings the other night and actually was pulled. And I guess if you don't have spider tack, you actually just are an average pitcher. Garrett spider tack Cole really needs that extra stickiness on his fingers. And I don't know if that played into us not signing him. I know that we have this reputation because we had somebody in the clubhouse that was providing spider tack for other pitchers. And I wonder if the Angels wanted to stay away from that, maybe because of PR issues and because of the other issues that we've had with lawsuits and losing, tragically losing Tyler Skaggs and because of all of that mess. And so I wonder if that played into it as well. But right now, it actually looks like it was a good move because Garrett Cole is really, really struggling. And the other reason why it looks like a good move is because we signed Noah Syndergaard. Now, I know that this was a Perry move and he was the one that actually met with Noah for dinner, but it was a pitching move and it was a costly move, $21 million this year. And it shows that Artie was willing to pay And it really, so far, early in the season, has paid off. So that's one of the reasons why I think that we should not be mad at Artie anymore. Here's a second reason. At least Artie Moreno is not the Reds owner. Have you, as Angel fans, have you heard what's going on with the Reds? If you haven't, checked out Locked on Reds with our buddy Jeff Carr because that is a mess of an organization and fans have been so frustrated with ownership there and front office work and recently they asked the Reds owner about that and his response to the frustration of the fans was this, well, where else are you going to go? I mean, Talk about a PR issue. What a terrible response to your frustrated fans who are frustrated that your team is underperforming and that it feels as though you've traded all of your great players away. Here's a third reason why we shouldn't be frustrated with Artie Moreno. At least he's not the A's owner, right? The A's had 3,700 people in attendance on Tuesday night at the Oakland Coliseum. And reports are that they are not bringing in a full staff to help sell food. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, and I hope that that's not true, but it feels as though, as you look at like A's Twitter, it feels as though they're just trying to get out of there as soon as possible, and they're trying to make it the worst possible experience so that they can get out of there and maybe get a new stadium in a new city. But isn't it interesting that the A's spent about $30 million in the late 80s, early 90s for their team. It was one of the highest payrolls, but right now they're spending about that much, right? Now, here's the irony is that the A's are actually 
early on in the season in contention. They were in second place for a while. And so they're they're battling with us and with Houston for first place in the AOS. They just have something in the water up there that produces some really great players that they don't have to pay much. So maybe they're brilliant. I don't know. But at least our owner is not the A's owner. And here's another reason. At least Artie isn't the Marlins owner, right? Like Derek Jeter left the Marlins because they were not going to be competitive in the market. That was the reason why he left. And so if you can't keep Derek Jeter on your team and with your organization, then you're not that great of an owner. And it seemed like Derek Jeter has a great mind for baseball. And so at least Artie's not the Marlins owner. And let me give you one more. Artie has has proven that he will do what's needed to keep the Angels in contention. Now, we haven't been in contention for a while, so I'm going to reach a bit here, so give me some angel grace. But when Artie was leading our team and, and owning our team in the early 2000s, there was some moves that really helped our team to become better. We signed Gary Matthews Jr., and we signed Torrey Hunter, and we even made a trade for Mark Teixeira, and they really looked for a closer to help set the team up well. And so, Artie has proven to give the GM permission to make big moves, and maybe one of the reasons why we've been so frustrated is because the Angels haven't been good, and so we haven't really seen the big moves in season, and we wanted to see those moves in the off season and Those moves really weren't what we wanted as fans. So all of that to say that if you're still mad at Artie Moreno, I think it's time to let that go. Locked on Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. Check out betonline.net. It's your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. My name is Mike Frisch and I'm your host. My brother John is not with us today because he's feeling a bit under the weather, but he is with us in spirit and he was celebrating that victory last night against the Astros. In fact, he told me, he texted me and said, hey, I'm going to come on the show if Shohei ends up pitching like a no-hitter or a perfect game. It's not going to sound great and I don't feel great, but I got to be there to talk about that. So when Shohei gave up the hit and then the walk, he said, okay, I'm out. I feel terrible. So John, we miss you. We can't wait to have you back. Hey, in this segment, I want to talk a bit about David Fletcher and Andrew Velasquez. These two guys are two fun players to watch on the Angels. Now, Fletch has been hurt and has been out, and reports are saying that he's going to be back soon. And Joe Madden actually said something recently that he really likes Velasquez at short. And some think that that statement means that Fletch will return to second base when he comes back because Velasquez is going to continue to start it short. And so maybe you thought, what should the Angels do in this situation? 
Well, let me give you some stats and then let me give you an answer. Velasquez actually currently has a 974 fielding percentage at shortstop so far this season. And the league percentage for shortstops is 964. So Velasquez is actually shown to have a much better glove than the average player in the MLB. He right now has four defensive runs saved so far. And a defensive run saved is the run saved above or below the average player in the MLB. So just for context, an average player at the end of the year usually has between 15 and 20 defensive runs saved if they're a if they're a solid defensive player. So let me give you a comparison. Carlos Correa of the Minnesota Twins currently stands at 0 in defensive run saves. And also Xander Bogarts of the Boston Red Sox, he currently sits at zero in defensive run saved. Fletch last year at short, and it was just a a short sample size, a small sample size, he had a two defensive run saved at short, and he was uh, at second base, he had 11 defensive run saved. So he was close to winning the gold glove, and in fact, Joe Madden was confused as to why Fletch didn't win the gold glove at second base. Now, I, I share all of those stats with you because here's my opinion of what the Angels should do when David Fletcher returns. Velasquez should start at short. He should be the shortstop. Now, outside of the stats, if you just give him the eye test as a fan, you see somebody that reminds you of Andrelton Simmons, maybe even Eric Ibar. This guy is solid at short. He is making plays and he looks strong. He's everywhere on the field. And so this is why I think he should stay at short. And I think it's going to be beneficial for the Angels. And here's why. Because David Fletcher is a solid second baseman. I mean, that up the middle defense is going to be incredible when Trout comes back. They're going to have Velasquez and Fletch and Trout. I mean, that's that's a great defense right there. And even if Trout isn't playing in center field that day, Marsh is a strong replacement for him. And so that up-the-middle defense is going to be great. And then if you just look to the left of the field to third base, Anthony Rendon is solid along with Walsh to the right at first base. I think Velasquez has to stay in there because I think he solidifies our defense. And I do believe, I know he's struggling offensively, I do believe it's actually a really good move because we have so many offensive weapons. We're leading the league in home runs and we're leading the league in runs scored. And so I think that you can get away with it right now. Now, will Velasquez turn it on and actually hit for maybe a good average and have a little bit of pop? We're not sure. It seems like what he's doing right now is who he's been over the last few years. And that may be one of the reasons why he hasn't been given a shot to play full time. But I'll tell you, I really like him at shortstop, and I really like Fletch at second. Now, maybe your pushback to that would be, well, it feels like we're moving David Fletcher all over the field. But haven't we done that anyway? Haven't we done that in the last few years anyway? And hasn't he proved to be somebody that is like a tool belt on on, on Joe Madden's waist? Like, he is somebody that we can slot in anywhere, and he's going to perform, and Putting him at second base, I think, actually helps with him not getting injured. It probably would be better on his hips and on his legs and on his hamstring because he's not going to have to move around so often. A shortstop typically is on the ground often having to jump and throw. They're getting their jersey dirty. A second baseman typically is not doing that. 
And so I think that this is actually a good move for a few reasons. One, we're going to be solid defensively. Two, it actually helps David Fletcher Fletcher stay healthy. And three, it gives us great up the middle defense. And so my opinion is that Fletch should play second. Velasquez should play short. And I think that that's actually going to be a benefit to our defense. Now, what will actually get in the way of all of this is if Velasquez can't hit. And so his offense does have to come around. I don't think that he needs to be Derek Jeter-esque, but I do think that he needs to actually hit for some average and, and be successful at bat if he's going to stay in the lineup. But my opinion, this Halo fan's opinion, is that Velasquez should start at short when David Fletcher comes back. Now, you might think, well, what do you do with Wade and what do you do with Duffy? I think Duffy is a great backup for Jared Walsh, and I think that he can slot in anywhere you need him on the infield. And the same thing for Wade. Wade was going to be that fifth infielder anyway. He was going to fill in anyway. And if you don't like Velasquez at short, then maybe Wade is there. Maybe you do the switch back. Again, I think that there's a lot of different options there, which is a high five to Perry that he has given the Angels this flexibility. But I think when Fletch comes back, you have Velasquez at short and you have Fletch at second. And I think that that's the best way to move forward and the best way to go. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan is the host. He likes to be called Soli. And so he brings his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. And his podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Angels and connect with John or myself on Twitter and Instagram personally at Super Halo Bros. Tomorrow on Locked On Angels, we're going to get you ready for the weekend series against the Baltimore Orioles. And we're going to ask this question. Is this a bad team that we can beat up? Or is this a team that's up and coming and we should be cautious? Until then, my name is Mike Frisch. Thanks for allowing me to host. My brother John was sick today. We're hoping that he comes back and hangs with us tomorrow. But until then, thanks for getting locked on with your angels. Angels.